Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece of the faith and work movement. We're your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Hi, listeners. It's so great to be with you today. I just want to remind you that on our website, IWorkForHim.com, you can sign up for our blog, weekly email. That's a way where we stay connected with you and, and let you know about new things that are happening, places we've been, what God is up to, all kinds of news. So love for you to connect there on IWorkForHim.com. So are you called into ministry? Tom Lutz was. He felt the call in his life, so he got a job teaching at a church. Then one day he was given a chance to work in the marketplace and bam, he knew his calling wasn't to be in a church, but in the marketplace. But where does a workplace believer go to be discipled to understand their vocation as their mission and their workplace as their ministry place? Well, Tom Lutz couldn't find anyone doing vocational discipleship, so he decided to write a book on equipping Christians for kingdom purpose in their work, a guide for all who make disciples. Along with Heidi Unruh, Tom Lutz put together a practical guide for equipping every workplace believer for their calling into their very work. Today, we're going to hear some of that backstory and some tidbits on what Tom's latest book has inside. We, of course, want you to get a copy of it. We're going to be giving away a copy of it during the show today. Tom Lutz, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, it's great to be here with you guys. Tom, we agree with Amy Sherman's statement that says her blunt assessment that says discipleship that doesn't equip people for the activity they spend 40% of their waking hours doing, that's not discipleship. Where do you see most discipleship happening, and what's it focused on? Yeah, well, of course, one of the challenges, uh, reasons for writing the book was, uh, certainly when I went to seminary, I was taught subliminally that you disciple people as church members, that what's spiritual, what's important, what God cares about is what happens in church. Uh, And frankly, that leaves an awful lot of people who get up every morning and go to work without any real sense of how to be a Christian in that context. Uh, and so what's happened, you know, the reason for writing the book was I think God laid on my heart that until we get every pastor every Sunday uh, illustrating their, their passages from the workplace and applying them to the workplace, people aren't really going to believe that God cares about their work. So true. So true. So um, let's just remind us again, first of all, as we have this discussion, the name of your book and who you actually, I would like to hear up front, like who do you want to be reading your book? Right. Yeah. So it's called Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work. Subtitle, A Guide for All Who Disciple. Uh it was it was interesting. So uh, when Heidi and I first started writing it, she took my doctoral dissertation, which is on this topic, a lot of the classes I've taught on this topic and so forth. And we put together an outline. Uh, and the basic, the outline, the target was the worker when we first wrote it. Uh, but then as we got talking to people and getting them, you know, there's a lot of books written for the worker, a lot of really good books out there on faith and work. Uh, when I did my doctoral dissertation, you're to write a, a literature review on the literature around your dissertation. 
And when I went to search for it, there is zero books, zero doctoral dissertations talking to people about how to disciple someone who works outside the church. Uh, and so consequently, we changed the thrust of the book. The, the, the book is designed for anybody who either vocationally or avocationally disciples someone whose primary calling is outside the church. Mm. So it could be uh, Christian coaches, could be convened chairs like myself, could be you guys, uh, could be um, campus ministers, discipleship leaders, anybody who leads a men's or a woman's discipleship. In other words, how do we talk to people about the spiritual relevance of their work? Excellent. Thank you for explaining that because I think yeah. it just helps give us context. So uh, all right. So that. imagine for me a world where followers of Jesus were discipled to have clarity around their kingdom purpose, yeah. to have okay. church members who recognize their workplace is their ministry place. Imagine discipling people where they minister at their work. Imagine yep. God's image bearers enabling the world to flourish. What does that world look like? Well, it looks like heaven. You think about it. You know, when, when, we get to, when, uh, when we finally get to heaven, we'll still be workers, right? Right. It will be still in this physical world. Uh, the only thing that won't happen in heaven is what we call ministry. There'll be no remedial drug counseling or crisis marital counseling or soup kitchens, but there will still be meaningful work of image bearers, you know, building God's, um, God's world up. But in my doctoral dissertation, uh, I did some qualitative research on a group of men that were in a discipleship group that I led. Uh, so our church is renowned for discipleship worldwide. Randy Pope has written several books, on, one called Insourcing, around the methodology uh, of discipling. And so this group of men came to me and said, hey, we would like to do the methodology, the proven methodology, uh, but we'd like to change out the content and study the theology of work. Mm. Uh, and so coupling that powerful quality uh, uh, of discipling methodology, which we have a chapter on in the book, uh, with the message that, that your calling is to the workplace, these were already highly mature, in most cases, elders in their churches, but yet their spiritual maturity just exploded. Uh, when they began to realize that God, that that uh, one of them said, "God invaded all of my life." <laughs> so, right? so look uh, and so that changes dramatically. The, the just their sense of spirituality blossomed. So, <laughs> but let's go back to your pastor Randy Pope. Then you know you said yeah. he, he's passionate about discipleship. He'd written books on discipleship. When you when and approached him and said, "But Randy, you're not discipling for people." for going to work. You're not discipling workplace believers who are ministers at their workplace. How did he respond to that? Um, <laughs> get me in trouble here. Um, hey, if Randy listens well, to my podcast, Randy, it's good. He's just sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, I would say, well, in this sense, you know, uh, his, his point was that, that there is foundational content that needs to be gotten, which is uh, more elementary than understanding your call to the workplace. These, so these men had been trained in that elementary content. Um, in my dissertation, uh, I, I recommended 
not that we change the first three years of the program, but that we supplement it once they've reached that level of maturity, the next level up uh, is when they begin to explore what is my mission Mm. specifically. You know, and understanding what my mission is through that lens, when you're reading scripture, it can have a whole different look because God has filled the scripture with examples of workplace. But we, oh, yeah. we just didn't, I think for a long time, we've not had that lens for it. So adding that layer um, right. can open the eyes of so many people that are involved. That's excellent. Well, one of the, one of the things I suggest in the book uh, was that the problem is we've been taught to disciple church members, not image bearers. Uh, and consequently, we read the Bible in a church-centric lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the Bible isn't written to church members. It's written to image bearers who also happen to be church members. So right. Church is a small portion of our overall calling. Uh, and when you, you be, just begin to read the Bible differently, um, when, when you think about this passage is written to someone who's, who's got a fundamental call, you know, to, to create abundance, fill the world, to cultivate potential that God placed into it. Uh, and to um, subdue an otherwise incomplete and dangerous world for the benefit of mankind. Yeah, vocational discipleship. I I encourage you, get a copy of the book, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work by Tom Lutz. We'll be right back with more conversation about vocational discipleship and how it really applies to you and how you got to get a copy of this book and read it yourself first and then find a way to incorporate into a conversation with maybe the elders of your church or a group of people that you hang out with in your small group, we all need to be discipled to understand that our workplace really is our mission field. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in, because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com, and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work Framers. We're talking with Dr. Tom Lutz about his book, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work, so important. This is a book we'd like to get into your hands. Tom, are you willing to give away a copy of the book today on the show? Are you, are you willing to do I that? I guess I am. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Just call you on the carpet on this. I love that. Thank you very much. Call our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675, and request a copy of Tom's book, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work. It's all about vocational discipleship. Martha? Yeah, I just want to ask this question. You know, Tom, as part of your story, you left Mm -hmm. the teaching church ministry to your calling in the marketplace. And I'm curious how that was received by, you know, both both aspects of that, the church and the marketplace. Uh, You know, that was really what began, I think, began my journey to what culminated in the book 40 plus years later. Uh, So as a young man, I was you know, I'm, I'm, you can tell I'm not shy. So I'm comfortable in front of groups. You know, I, I, I was never, um, 
timid of leading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had lots of, of, of uh, men who I respected basically say something to the effect, if you want to serve God, you'll become a minister. I was a new believer, young person in my late teens. Uh, and so that came, you know, came to mind. Yeah, I want to serve God. So let's do that. Uh, so I went off to uh, University of Maryland, have a degree in Greek and Latin because I was planning on going to seminary. So I figured I'd get the Greek behind me. Went on to seminary. I loved being in seminary, loved the academics, but I almost quit every semester because they always talked about having a call to the ministry, and I just didn't. I never had. I loved being there, loved the academics. So the president of the seminary was the father-in-law of my home pastor. And whenever he got wind that we were going to quit and come back, he'd come full, full, full press me. Um, anyway, so the, the, the gist of it is I, I didn't finish that. I went, started the church in the inner city of Baltimore, because at least if I was going to be a pastor, I was going to make it an adventure. Uh, but then as Jim, as you started out by saying, uh, a couple of friends were starting a business. They came to me and they said, we'll, we'll pay, be able to pay you a little bit more and give you the flexibility to do your pastoral work uh, at the same time. Uh, and I tell my pastor friends, after several years as a pastor, God called me to the ministry. Uh, and that ministry was in the marketplace. But the specific answer to your question, um, it was several years till I felt comfortable that God didn't frown on my decision. So, so let's talk about that workplace yeah. story. Who right. discipled you to know that your business with 1,800 plus employees was a ministry? Who helped open that paradigm, to shift that paradigm for you? Yeah, uh, several, several individuals. One I mentioned, uh, the book is in the uh, acknowledgments in the book. Errol Wolford was our senior, senior uh, partner. A uh, very godly man, uh, a man who clearly understood, uh, well, well, not the subtleties of the theology. He understood that God called him to lead people, uh, and he mentored me to, uh, to do so. Uh, I was kind of the designated theologian of the group, mm-hmm. right? So, in other words, because I'd been to seminary, yep. they all figured if there's a Bible question, go ask Tom. Uh, but I also think what discipled me was I did... For six or seven years, I was bivocational. Mm-hmm. So I was, when I was writing a sermon, I would be interrupted by a sales call or interrupted by an employee coming in or interrupted by a vendor uh, stopping by. And so my whole mindset as I was developing discipleship material, as I was developing sermonic material, I, you know, I looked around and what were the applications and the illustrations they were in the workplace? Mm right? Just naturally came to me. Uh, and then it, so it just, it just became the natural way. I thought everybody did it that way. And the average pastor, what they do is they do the same thing, except their environment is not at work. It's in church, mm-hmm. right? So they relate to what we have in common, our hobbies, our family, and our church, but we don't have work in common. Uh, and consequently, they don't apply to or illustrate from the workplace. I'm going to ask kind of a, a, a segue to that. So how, when you look at the, the, your congregation that you were preaching to, that you were teaching, and you didn't realize that you were doing it differently than others, but you were using workplace examples, when you look at that group of people now, what kind of difference do you see in them possibly over maybe a, a typical church that isn't using those kinds of 
examples? Uh, ooh, that was a long time ago. Uh, but I just, just had a uh, kind of a, um, uh, the, the pastor. Uh, so I was, uh, I was the founding pastor, but mm-hmm. then we had a student pastor who was a high school friend of mine, finished his seminary when he was on staff with us. Uh, he stayed there 40 years. Oh, my. Um, yeah, he, was, he retired two years ago, 40 years, and we had a, a little bit of a reunion. So I got back to, to see with some of the key young people that I had disciples at the time. Sure. A lot of them came to work for me, mm. uh, which was interesting. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think what you find is, uh, I don't know if you know the Barner research, but Barner's research indicates that somewhere around 27% of people in the pew are what they call integrators, people who have a sense mm-hmm. uh, of God's call for their workplace. What's interesting about that, and it was true of these people, they're more engaged in church. Uh, they're more likely to um, attend regularly. They're more likely to give more generously, and they're more likely to, interestingly enough, share their faith in the workplace mm. than the people who don't have that integrator sense. Well, I, uh, so that's I- what I'm going to I agreed with Barna's research on that, but I want to interrupt there just for a second because I yeah. think his numbers highly exaggerated. I don't think there's 27% of Christ followers oh. out there in their work that are integrators. I no, yeah. never seen any indication of that anywhere. Maybe at your church because you as a pastor were an integrator, but boy, right. I don't see that in the marketplace today. 27%, yeah. we, we changed the world. For that. Yeah. yeah, no, we're working yeah. towards that. Well, that, that's sort of the reason for writing the book is, is again, I... The only way to get that number up to 90% is if every Sunday. So I, I heard a voice from the Lord one day. It's recounted in the book. Until every Sunday from every pulpit, every sermon is illustrated from and applied to the workplace, the work's not done. Right. People, people won't believe it unless they hear their authority up in the pulpit in their church constantly emphasizing their call to the workplace. Mm. That's, that's such a great statement. Amen. And I, we're going to pray towards yes, that. Yes, pray towards that. So, Tom, your whole process of discipleship is built on three core questions. Yep. Why does every disciple <clears throat> need to seek the understanding that comes from knowing the answers to those questions? And they yeah. are, who are you? What is your purpose? And how will you fulfill your purpose? So let's right. talk about that. Why does yeah. every disciple <clears throat> need to understand that? Well, the first, the first one is pivotal because it's, it's coming to understand themselves as an image bearer, right? Uh, and to understand that they were put on the earth, a very physical earth, by a God who cares fundamentally about the physicality of it. I say the typical person, when I say spiritual, thinks uh, non-physical. Mm. When, I, when I say redemption they think exclusively sharing the gospel and when i say heaven they think disembodied because that's that's the church-centric model of spirituality so you got to start with that you got to start with hey you were created when on the sixth day the image bearer was put in the in the garden and god says now very good so now that the co-worker is in my world it's 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 improved uh, and he gave him three instructions. Number one, it's empty. I want you to create abundance. That's the first one. Where fill, we use the term, but fill means more than have babies. It means to create abundance. Two, it has infinite potential placed in it by an infinite God. 
therefore cultivate that potential. Uh, and we'll be doing that into eternity, trillions of years. We'll never exhaust the potential that God put in the world. And then third, it's dangerous and incomplete. You need to subdue it. You need to wrestle the power of wind or the power of electricity or the power of water uh, and cause the flourishing. So that's your main job. You are, you are called to create a flourishing world, and that's what it means to be an image bearer. Then the second question is really then important is, if you believe that, what is your particular role in that? So uh, a question I've come to ask that's very powerful in a group, a group of people working outside the church, what would happen if nobody did what you do? Mm. What would happen if nobody did what you do? Ask, yeah. ask that to a group of people sometimes. And they begin to realize that, wow, the world wouldn't be the same. So a couple examples I give from, from having taught uh, in the past. Um, one is um, uh, a trash collection company. What would happen if nobody collected the trash? It would be terrible. We'd all be dead. We'd all be dead. Uh, another one, I, uh, a, a, a CEO and, uh, said, well, we make fasteners. So in the construction arena, fasteners are things that latches or hinges or um, you know, drywall connectors, any number of th things that holds things together. Uh, and he just started laughing. Because hmm. if you think about when you're driving up to the store this afternoon, look around you, there's not a single thing that stands up that doesn't need fasteners. Yep. So without fasteners, we're living in caves and cooking over open fires. Um, and so you see that question then. So if, if God wants this physicality to flourish, it's going to flourish when all the image bearers do what they're called to do. So the Billy Graham Association is a great association, but if nobody collects the trash, everybody's dead. No need for gospel preachers. Right. The two mm. in mosaic work together. Yeah. Then when you've got the person to the point where they say, this, I, you know, this, is this is why God put me on this earth. Then getting them to plan it, hold themselves accountable to it. That's the third question. Is how will you fulfill your unique calling? When we come back, lots more with Tom Lutz talking about his book, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose and their work. You can get a copy by calling our listener line or, of course, getting one online on Amazon. Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose and their work, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675. You can check out Tom online, visionmarketplacedevelopment.com too. That's a website where you can find out more about Tom. We'll be right back with more and I work for him. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. 
That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him as we're talking with Tom Lutz about his book, brand new book out, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose and Their Work. It's all about vocational discipleship. It's all about discipling people to understand the significance of the calling to their workplace. Martha, we want to make sure we send people to Tom Lutz's favorite place online. Yeah, so Tom um, has shared with us his Facebook page for vocational discipleship. So go to Facebook and look, um, just type in vocational discipleship and follow that page. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot of great content there that I think all of us can enjoy and uh, get something from. So Tom, thanks for sharing that with us. Sure. So let's talk really practically. How can yeah. we get vocational discipleship started in whatever our sphere of influence is today? Uh, good question. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of resistance on this, the level of church staff uh, around, um, you know, if, if, how, how do I put this politely? Uh, there's almost a sense of if I talk about work, they already spend too much time at work. Mm. We'll take them away. But the Barna research that we talked about, I, I agree with you, their numbers may be high, but what, what's undeniable is that whoever the integrators are, are in fact more supportive, more engaged uh, in, their, in their church than not. Because they're more well-rounded so, in their faith. I mean, it just are, makes they well, they recognize they need more. So mm. why is there such a resistance amongst yeah. those paid four walls church staff people? Why are they so? Why is this such a big deal? Because there is, yeah, there, it, it's church pastors don't seem to be there seem to be like a resistance to this whole yeah. connection of faith yeah. and work. Well, and of course that's that's the reason for writing the book. It's why I went and did my dissertation was to really find out what the truth about this is. Uh, and I, it's a simple re- statement, but, but uh, when I went to seminary, I was trained to disciple people to do what I'm called to do. Uh, there's a word we talk a lot about in the book called ergon, E-R-G-O-N, a Greek word. Uh, it occurs two places uh, that I, I specifically would look at. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you've been saved by grace, not of yourselves, not, gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then verse 10 says, for you are God's, cre- you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for ergon agathois, good work, work that's good. Mm. Uh, the word ergon basically means what one normally does as a job. Mm. Uh, that's its first and foremost meaning. In church-centric speak, it becomes works of ministry, right? And so it just, it truncates it down. It's not a big, expansive world. And the other one is Ephesians 4. He's given some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? In order to prepare the people of God for ergois diakoniois, work that serves. Right? And so that's what I'm trying to get across is if you're called to disciple people, you're called to disciple them not to your calling, but to their calling. That is fantastic. I love that. We just heard a sermon about Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and how in verse 12, a comma in the initial King James Version almost 500 years ago said, kind of separated that for the teaching of the saints, for the work that they do. It, it separated them. Uh, and, and, oh, so, and it made it feel like, uh, like their job was to t- 
teach them to be just like them, but not for their work that they do. And, I wasn't aware that that's interesting. Yeah. If you go, yeah, it's, I wish I had it right in front of me, I'd read it. But it was, it's fascinating to know that there is a resource out there now for us to promote vocational discipleship across mm-hmm. the country. And the name of that book is Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work. How can your book make all of this easier in our local church where we're involved? Well, it, it, um, it's a how-to book. You know, we've all been to um, uh, the conference on faith and work. The speakers get up, we pat each other on the back, how clever we are to understand this theology of work. Um, uh, but what I, what I discovered, as I mentioned, I was doing my dissertation and I started doing some research in the marketplace. I think you've read it. It's very practical. It comes out of, you know, 40 years of doing this. So I, I, uh, I, I, I'm a convened chair, so I've got 24 CEOs that I work with around, you know, their calling to lead their company. I've done a lot of discipling. I have seven children, so, wow. you know, now 14 grandchildren. So I, there's not much I haven't seen, and I've just paid close attention to to like some of the questions, which when you ask them, uh, brings enlightenment to people. And, and it's all in there, the stories of how to use them, shrink-wrapped, ready to be put into practice. And that's such a beautiful thing. So being able to have a resource available that God has really given you a life of experience and training, I think you have such a, an incredible vantage point, Tom, in the sense that you've been in the Four Walls mm. Church in right. the marketplace, and you see the beauty of that integration um, in all of our life. And that's something we've been talking about for nine years. And it, sure. it, it is, um, but yet there's just so much ground to cover. But having a how-to book, like I love how you said, it's all shrink-wrapped, ready to go. And, <laughs> just, uh, but read the chapter, and you can use it next week in, the, in your Bible study. Excellent. The name of the book, Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work, a guide for all who make disciples. Tom Lutz, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work for for him. him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.